am blessed and highly favored to be asked to share with you guys today. And um, <laughs> I don't know if, if Sam is here. And my son, my husband and I, we have twins, Samuel and Susanna. They were dedicated here at Harvest Church. We came to Harvest Church in September of uh, 1995. And our twins came along in September of 1996. And God orders our steps. Amen. And so let me tell you, we, we came from a denomination, uh, Steve and I, that... Um, uh, <laughs> was not Pentecostal. Was not Pentecostal. Awesome people, awesome church. A lot of my Bible learning came from that and Sunday school there, and, uh, but not spirit-filled. And so, so when we came to Harvest in uh, September 95 and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit May of 96 and the twins were born in September of 96 God orders our steps so when you're 36 almost 37 and suddenly God blesses you with twins you need the Holy Ghost amen you need the Holy Ghost amen and so God orders our steps and so as I was praying about, thank you, Chandra, for asking me to share today. Um, I was praying about what to talk about <laughs> yesterday morning. I believe I heard the Lord say, tell them about Naomi. And I said, Naomi? Now, surely that couldn't be God. Do y'all ever hear God and then go, surely that couldn't be God? Like, amen? Especially if it's, you know... You ask God, now what should I do about something? And he tells you to do something, and, and it's going to cost you. It's going to be a sacrifice, and then we immediately go, oh, that couldn't have been God. Don't we do that? But I, he said, well, I said, well, why Naomi, Lord? Why not uh, Sarah, you know, or um, Hannah, or um, Mary, the mother of Jesus? But he just kept on <laughs> talking to me about Naomi. And so as I looked into the book of Ruth, and I looked at it with a whole new perspective. And this is going to be a different kind of a Mother's Day message, but this was really a blessing to me, and maybe it was for me. I really believe that God keeps me in the, in the place of a teacher in the body of Christ to keep me straight. I'm serious, because I need all the help I can get. But it blessed me a lot. I hope it blesses you as well. So if y'all want to look in your Bibles, I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to quickly go through the book of Ruth. In Ruth chapter 1, there's a famine in the land. And oftentimes when there's a famine in the land, we make decisions that are not always wise. And so, you know, um, like when Abraham went down to Egypt because there was a famine in the land. And so a lot of times when it looks like things are not happening, you know, to, to like we want them to, or as fast as we want them to, or in the way that we want them to, we'll make decisions that later we look back on and say, oh, that might not have been the best decision. But Elimelech, that is Naomi's husband, decides, well, we need to go to Moab, a pagan land, a heathen land, a land that did not worship Jehovah God, and they go to Sojourn to live in Moab. And so he dies, not too long after they get over there. Elimelech dies. They have two sons. Uh, and so Naomi is left with her two sons in this foreign land, Malon and Chilion. And they grow up, these two boys, and they marry Moabite women, Orpah and Ruth. So they were 10 years afterwards, after marrying, or that's how I read it. And then both of those boys died. And here is Naomi 
with her two daughters-in-law. And they are childless, and she is grandchildless. Now, can I just say, since Steve and I are a little bit later in life getting started having children, okay? Um, I'm tired of all y'all stories about grandkids. I want my own stories. Can I just say? You know, and so Susie and Stephen got married a year ago, and, and they have told us that it will be at least four more years before grandchildren. They have a plan, and they're working their plan. They're going to finish school and get good jobs, buy a Tesla, why, and then a house, <laughs> and then grandchildren. And so, but y'all know that a man has a plan, but God orders his steps. <laughs> so not too long ago, Susie called, and, uh, and well, I walked in the house, and Steve had her on speakerphone, and I, and I was coming home from work, and, and I could hear her, and I said, is that my precious darling baby girl on the phone? And Steve said, why, yes, it is. And she says she has a surprise. She has great news for us. And I said, hallelujah, are you pregnant? And she said, no, Mom, I have told you. I've told you and told you, Mom. And I said, well, you know, there's always hope, Suze. There's always hope. But anyway, so I feel for Naomi. Here she is, no grandchildren, right? And so after the death of her sons, Naomi decides, well, it's time to go home. She's heard that there's bread back at home again, and she's ready to go home. So in Ruth chapter 1, verse 8, she tells her daughters-in-law, I'm going back home. And she tells them to go back to their mother's house, and she speaks a blessing over them. Now pay attention to this blessing. I'd never noticed it before. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt kindly with your deceased husbands, and you have dealt kindly with me. Kindly. Kindly. And so, at first, both the daughters-in-law are declaring, no, 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 we're going with you. We're going with you, right? And, but Naomi insists and says in verse 13, the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. You don't want to go with me. This is the King James Version because the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. The Message Bible says it this way. No, dear daughters, this is a bitter pill for me to swallow. More bitter for me than for you. God has dealt me a hard blow. So my <laughs> message today is a 3D mom from the Bible with a 3D answer for today. A 3D mom from the Bible. So the first D is disaster. Disaster had come to Naomi. Is there anybody here that's ever had trouble? Ever had a disaster or what felt like a disaster? Okay. In your time, well, I have a word from you, for you from the Lord and Kelly Clarkson. What does not kill you will make you stronger. It will make you stronger. Proverbs says, in the day of adversity, consider. That's what it says. In the day of adversity, consider. When things are hard, when things are adverse, when things are coming against you, stop and think. Don't go crazy. Your emotions will let you go crazy. Right, Tricia? That's right. <laughs> so, so the first day is disaster. She'd had trouble. She lost her husband and both of her sons. And that would be a bitter pill, a hard thing to take. And as is often the norm after a disastrous situation, the second day happens. Naomi becomes depressed. How many of you know bitterness leads to depression, right? Depression. 
And so when we read more into the story, it actually sounds like she's angry at God. Now, I know this group, y'all, too holy. Too holy, too spiritual, too sanctified to ever get mad at God. But I'm just going to confess your faults. I've been mad at him. I have. You know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Is really a central scripture, an inheritance scripture. Graham Cook calls it for myself. That trust in the Lord, everything in life boils down to one thing. We either trust God or we don't trust him. Everything. Everything boils down to that one thing. We either trust him or we don't trust him. Okay? And y'all, my challenge is, you know, trusting his when and his how. Because we want it now, don't we? I want it now. Right? I want that scripture in Amos where it says the reaper's going to overtake the sower. You know that before I can pray it, it's going to manifest. But y'all know the most common answer from God to us for prayer is wait. Wait, isn't it? See, already I feel your flesh writhing. We don't want to hear that. We live in such a microwave, drive-through, immediate gratification time. And it's hard for us to hear, wait, isn't it? And so sometimes we get angry at God. And I heard one uh, psychologist say that, that depression was repressed anger. It's just anger turned inward. Well, you know, Christ in you, Christ in me is the hope of glory. So when I turn my anger inward, if Christ is in me, I'm mad at Christ. I'm mad at God. Amen? And depression comes when we really are looking more inward in a self-piteous kind of way. And so we get mad at God. I've taught a, a Bible study by R.T. Kendall, Total Forgiveness. Awesome. I think every Christian needs to do this Bible study, and I've taught it five times, and every time it's tore me up every time. <laughs> and I think I have arrived and realized I still have junk. I still have junk. But he talks about forgiving others, Right? And, um, and forgiving ourselves and forgiving God, that there's three layers to it. And so sometimes we get mad at God, and that causes depression. And so that's the second day. So Naomi insists that her daughters-in-law return home to their mother's house, and Orpah does, but Ruth is a different story. Now, Ruth's name means friend. And Proverbs 18.25 says, there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and there's a friend that sticks closer than a sister sometimes, and that would be Ruth. Jesus says in John 15, greater love has no man than this, than he would lay down his life for his friends. Well, Ruth is laying down her life, everything that's familiar to her, her family, the land she grew up in, everything familiar, to go with her mother-in-law to a new land in a foreign country. And so Naomi and Ruth have returned to Bethlehem at the end of the first chapter. And Naomi, whose name, Naomi's name means pleasant. Pleasant. To, and so they get home to Bethlehem and all the people goes, is, is this Naomi? We haven't seen her in so long. And I can, you know, no, bitterness changes you. It changes you inside and it changes you outside. Amen. You know, what does pastor tell us about takes a lot less muscles in the face to smile than it does <laughs> to frown 
takes a lot more muscles to frown and it causes a lot more wrinkles, just FYI, to frown. And so, so anyway, so she gets home and they're going, is this Naomi? And she says, don't call me Naomi, pleasant. Don't call me that anymore. Instead, I want you to call me Mara, M-A-R-A, which means bitter. Now that's, that's really like, I'm mad at God and everybody else and I don't care who knows it, right? And so she says, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why then do you call me Naomi or Pleasant, seeing how the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me? The Message Bible says it this way, the strong one has ruined me. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but in a crowd this big, and maybe I'm the only one, there has been times in my life when I have felt that way. Now, what has God got against me? What have I ever done, right? So in chapter 2, Ruth, the friend, tells Naomi, well, I'm going to go get us something to eat. Now, that's a real friend. A real friend that will go get you something to eat is a real friend. Amen? So she goes to get some, something to eat, and verse 3 says that it was Ruth's hap, it was her hap, H-A-P, that's King James Version, to end up in a field owned by Boaz, who was a near kinsman of Naomi. Now, how many of you know that nothing just happens? A man plans his way, God orders his step, right? So God is always at work. Jesus said, my father... He's always at work. Do y'all ever wonder what God, he neither slumbers nor sleeps, right? Do y'all wonder what he's working on? He's working on us. That's what he's working on. And he's also working all things together for our good. So you know the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. Boaz shows Ruth kindness when he finds out who she is. He tells his field workers, leave her handfuls of barley on purpose. Ruth goes home, tells Naomi everything, and Naomi becomes Ruth's life coach, we would say today. <laughs> She's instructing Ruth in the customs of the land and helps her to find a husband in Boaz. Boaz and Ruth marry. They have a child named Obed that becomes the grandfather of King David. And then Naomi and Ruth 4, verse 16, becomes the nurse of her grandchild. So the final D of Naomi's story is deliverance. So she went from disaster to depression to deliverance. And when did the deliverance happen, you guys? It was when Naomi began to look outward, no longer looking inward at her own pain, at her own suffering, her own bad circumstance, but instead noticing, here's my daughter-in-law who's been so kind to me, who's left everything to come and help me, to support me. And so she's being a blessing to me. What can I do to be a blessing to her? So if, you, if you're battling depression or if you know somebody, I know this is a strange Mother's Day message. This is just what he gave me. Take it up with the big guy upstairs, okay? Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> so start, start looking around. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. And if you want to get rid of depression, and as someone who has battled depression... All of my life, off and on, since I was 13 years old, it's a long story, I know what it is. And every time that that thing wants to come back on me, if I start looking around me, who can I be a blessing to? It goes away. It goes away. And so she says, how can I be a blessing to, to Naomi, to Ruth? 
and her deliverance manifested. Well, so <laughs> I know some of y'all are thinking, is she going to get up there and not really talk about Sam and Susie? And I, I want to talk about when they were little. Okay, and it goes with my story. And Sam and Susie, being twins, they were really close, and they never really fought. Never, I mean, really, seriously. Like, I have two brothers younger than myself, and we fought. I mean, like, seriously. <laughs> and it was always my middle brother, Kevin. He was the antagonist. And it was either me and Kevin physically fighting or Kevin and Kristen, my younger brother, physically fighting. My baby brother and I have never had an argument, never had a fight. So that means Kevin's the catalyst, right? He's the antagonist. But anyway, so we fought to really hurt, hurt each other, physically hurt each other, not just yang yang, but really to hurt each other. Well, Susie and, and uh, Sam never really did that till about the third grade. And then in third grade, I'd hear a little verbal yang yang, little yang yang. And then in the seventh grade, we were homeschooling, okay? And so they were upstairs in their respective rooms doing their homeschool work, so I thought. And I'm downstairs in my office, which was on the first floor right under their rooms. And I'm on a conference call, a business conference call, and I'm trying to be professional. And I said, trying. <laughs> and I hear, boom, boom, pow. I mean, it was like an episode of the Avengers. It was all this racket upstairs. And I'm trying to stay calm. I'm like, oh, my goodness, what is going on upstairs? And so I quickly bring the call to a close. And, I, and by the time I got off the phone, everything was quiet again. So I go upstairs, I go to Sam's room and knock on the door and look in there and he's doing his schoolwork, calmly doing his schoolwork. I go down the hall to Susie's room <laughs> and open her door and it looks like, I, you know, a tornado hit, which, I mean, that's just partly Susie, but worse than normal. <laughs> and, and she had a ponytail, but the ponytail was all like wopsided and like all over her head, not, not stylishly, but like real disheveled. And she was red in the face and everything. And I said, what happened in here? What happened in here? And she said, Sam came in here and he attacked me. And I said, what? What? And see, when they were little, and, and there would be little altercations, when they were younger, I'd say, let's be kind. Let's be kind. You know. And did y'all's mother do, my mother used to make us after we fought, my brothers and I, she would make us hug and say we loved each other. So I would tell Sam and Susie, you have to be kind, let's be kind, and now you have to hug and say I love you. It was so much fun. Anyhow, I said, what happened here? She said, Sam came in there. So I called and attacked her, and I said, Sam, get in here, and he came in there. I said, did you attack your sister? And he said, I did. <laughs> I said, why? He said, she came in my room, Mom, three weeks ago and messed with my stuff. Three weeks ago. Now, what y'all may not know about Samuel is Samuel is very organized, very neat, and he had all these like John Deere collectibles, and he has a, everything has a place, everything in its place. He's been that way forever, forever. When, he went, when they went away in the first grade to public school, I used to go in his room and move his stuff just to see if he would notice it. I know it. I'm not totally sanctified, okay? So I would just see, did he notice it? And I mean, that evening, he'd come home from school, Mommy, Mommy, did you mess with my stuff? I mean, he knew where everything was supposed to go, and he's still that way. And so I've had various housekeepers over the years, and 
every housekeeper I've ever had has said, your son's room is magnificent. <laughs> it's so neat, so clean for a boy, they say. And so Susie had gone in his room and moved his stuff, and he was angry. Three weeks later, he decides to take revenge. <laughs> and he goes in there, and they have this uh, assault and battery thing. And so, so I said, okay, and they're just going at it. And she fought back, I mean, you know. I said, okay, Susie, you're grounded for a week. And Sam, you're grounded for three weeks. And he goes, how come I get three weeks and she gets a week? I said, Samuel, it is the difference between manslaughter and first-degree murder. <laughs> Yours was premeditated, and you thought about it for three weeks, how you were going to get your revenge. And he said, Mom. I said, Son, the Bible says don't let your anger go down on your, or the sun set down on your anger. Don't let the sun set on your wrath. The sun has sat 21 times. <laughs> so anyway, so that's what we did. Anyhow. So, so I had to tell y'all, Sam and Sue, is you got to be kind. Be ye kind, tender-hearted, forgiving each other in love, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven us. Right, Ephesians four thirty-two. We got to be kind. So, back to my three-day story. What the Lord showed me for the very first time about the Book of Ruth is the whole book is about kindness. I just Double dog dare you this week and your quiet time to go through the book of Ruth. It's four chapters, y'all. It won't take you long. And mark how many times the word kind, kindness is mentioned. And typically, it's Mother's Day. We talk about Proverbs 31. It says in verse 25 of Proverbs 31 that the, in her tongue is the law of kindness. In her tongue. Pastors often remind us to think before we speak. And think is an acronym for before you say something is it true is it helpful is it inspiring is it needful is it kind and you can say a lot of things that are true but they're not necessarily helpful inspiring needful or kind <laughs> okay so is it kind speaking of an acronym i googled <laughs> an acronym for kind just to see what i'd get you know we used to pray y'all and we would ask god now we ask google it worries me. It does. It worries me. It really does. And so, <laughs> so guess what I found when I Googled an acronym for kind, and I came up with my 3D clothes. It said, <laughs> Kids in Need of Defense. These are groups, organizations with these titles. Kids in Need of Defense. Kids in Need of Direction. Kids in Need of Dreams. If we've ever lived in a time when there are young people all around us, and people, really, period, of all ages, that need our defense as Christians, that they need to know that no weapon formed against you, when you're a believer in Jesus Christ, no weapon formed against you, he is our shield and our defense, it's today. If, I ever had, if there was ever a time where we need, there's people that need direction, he is the way the truth, and the life. Let me show you. Let me point you the way. He is the way. If wherever was a time where kids or people need dreams, dreams, it's today. It's today. And so there's people all around us that need that. So let's be kind. Pastor also tells us that everybody walks around with two buckets <laughs> and in one bucket you've got water, in the other bucket you've got gasoline, isn't that right? 
And so every person you talk to, you can either, now these are invisible buckets, invisible, not literal, figurative, whatever. You can either pour water on them and speak words of life, or you can pour gas on them, and that won't be a good situation, okay? And so let's anoint people, he tells us, with our words, and let's always be kind, always be kind. So there's a story about a woman, and she was walking down a main street, and there was a shoe store, and there was a little ragamuffin boy, about 10 years old, standing there looking at this pair of shoes, and the lady started chit-chatting with him, and, and she looked at his shoes, and his shoes were full of holes and all worn out, and, and um, she said, come with me. She took him in the shoe store, and she bought him a brand-new pair of shoes, and she just bragged on him, told him how handsome he was, and how smart he was, and, and said, these shoes, they're your gift. Now you go and have a great life. And the little, and the little boy said, ma'am, are you God's wife? He said, I was just praying for a new pair of shoes when you walked by. Are you God's wife? And so, you know, we are the bride of Christ. And so <laughs> let's act like God's wife and let's be kind. Be kind, okay? Heavenly Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for this day. This is the day you have made, Lord, and we rejoice and we're glad in it. Father, we pray a blessing, a special blessing on every person here and especially our mothers today, Father. We just pray that you would bless her, keep her, Father. And Father, we just thank you for all this day means to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.